Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to Hand-Raised Guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. I'm Neil McCready. That's Chase Parham. You probably know us by now. If you don't, welcome. Just stumbled across us. Just happened to stumble across us, yeah. You're on YouTube, and somehow we ended up in your stream, and here we are. So uh, thanks for making us a part of your Thursday evening. Um, This will be up in podcast form tomorrow as the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Uh, don't forget Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Same great products, same great services. Basically the same people, just different names. If you're in the Oxford, Tupelo area, get in touch with the people at Comer, 662-801-1777. If you are in DeSoto County, Memphis, Hernando, um, Olive Branch, South Haven. Horn Lake. Horn Lake. Do you have like seven Class 6A high schools in that area now? I think you told me that the other yeah. day. Yeah. Because Carson was playing a game against, um, who was it? It was one of the brand new ones. Is it Lewisburg? Lewisburg. Yeah. Looks like they just built a brand new high school like in the middle of a field. Like you just <laughs> throw it up. Uh, and the guy was like, yeah, there's like six or seven. I was like, wow. Anyway, if you're in Lewisburg, any of those places, get in touch with the people at Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, 662-429-4429. Um, it's great service and it's cold right now. As I said the other day, it's cold as something and, um, it was, but it will get warm soon and before long, you'll want to make sure that air conditioner is ready and in tip top shape. So get in touch with the people at Comer, get in touch with the people at Southern and they will make sure that happens. Uh, Jeffrey Wright will join us in about, I don't know, 12 minutes or so. We'll talk some stuff with him, Jackson Dart. And I kind of forgot that honestly. Well, we've had an evening. We've had an evening. We could tell stories. We could tell some stories. We really could. <clears throat> yeah, it's almost hard to bite your tongue. I'm yelling more than you are today. This you're, afternoon, at least. you're angrier than I am. And yeah, yeah, and that says something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, that never happens. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll talk to Jeffrey on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. We'll talk to you guys on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to go have a burger, a uh, po'boy, appetizers, great beer selection, full bar, all of that at Rafters on the Square in Oxford and in New Albany. We're in the Clark Ford Studios, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. 662 call that number. Ask for our buddy Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for, and uh, he'll take care of you. Uh, great products, great services. Um, you'll love being part of Clark Ford. I know we do. We've multiple Clark Ford vehicles in our home, and uh, the experience has been awesome. So, Clark Ford and Amory six six two two five seven nineteen hundred. 
Uh, Russell Harris, thanks very much for the super chat. That's very kind of you. We really appreciate it. And uh, Chase, before we get completely rolling and off kilter, tell the people about what's going on at the Oxford Exxon. Lunch specials, five sixty nine, two sides bread, thirty two ounce drinks, and uh, and more. And still trying to give you the ten bucks. Take advantage of that if you can. Stop into any Blue Sky location across Mississippi. And when you uh, do that, just take a picture of um, the um, the QR code. It'll automatically pull up the app. Thousand points. Thousand points is ten bucks right there at the pump when you're filling up at that moment again with all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. And uh, yeah, take advantage of uh, of that. Apparently, there's a soccer game going on. I'm waiting to get some. Uh, oh, really? Some information. So uh, we've had news today. Yeah, um, I'll I'll do dart. You can do trig, um, and then we'll go from there. Okay, does that work? Yeah, either way. I've okay. I've, I've, uh, I've communicated with both dads today. So. Yeah, so we'll get to that too. Yeah, so um, check the thread if you haven't, because like I said, we have quotes from Jackson Dart's father and Michael Trig Senior. Um, I don't know Jackson Dart's father's name, so I apologize for that. Is it Jason? Is that right? That doesn't sound right. Okay, maybe I, I'm wrong. I don't, okay, I don't anyway. Know. Um, so, okay, uh, let Neil go over to, uh, that. We have multiple people telling us, actually a lot by this point. Um, it's like well, a large tell, secret in America. I tell Carson this game's on. Um, reported a few hours ago, Jackson Dart, again, this is seven eleven on Thursday night, so anybody listening on Friday would want to remember this is hand raised, guys. Jackson Dart was admitted into the university, and I'm going to kind of take you through this a little bit. So, what that means at the time is that the university has cleared him to then be able to put a schedule together, um, that there are no issues with Jackson Dart. He's applied. Everything's kosher. It's copacetic, and you move on um, from that point. Well, it's been, a, it's been a night of semantics, but why, why, why that is so is that you can be accepted into a lot of schools. Um, yes. You can go to that point. You can, you can fill out. I mean, your normal pretty smart kid, if they are not sure what's going on, they apply and are accepted into a, to a good many schools. So that's not really a surprise. The next step for enrollment um, is where I think that, okay, you're not going to go to the trouble of actually getting the schedules in place. And, and, and really it's that, I mean, from a, from a straight primer situation. So, applied you've sent the application in accepted they've said yeah you're good to go enrolled you have a class schedule and then attending you have you have gone to a class and attended class as you could you could figure from there um it's 7 12 right now i mean obviously we're on air i haven't tried to follow up with people or not it's possible that at least some of his classes are in right now um he could be fully enrolled at this point um i don't know um at this moment uh however at the same time, um, it's going to get done. Because what this works for, because we're, we're this is where it's relevant. Because you know we talked about oh the January twenty fourth thing doesn't matter. It actually mattered here because we're after January twenty fourth, which means you need instructor approval to get into all your classes at Ole Miss at this point. Once you apply or accepted and you're admitted, so what the way this works is. Um, once he was admitted, it goes around to everybody. I'm sure they went ahead and had a sort of a temp schedule set up to be ready to go to put into place. But at that point, they would start contacting professors. And because I, I know of one professor that has been contacted and said yes, um, has contacted professors and then asked them if they're cool with having them in their class at that point. Once that is done, then he will be fully enrolled. And again, it, it, it can be done right now. It can be done in an hour. It all depends on how quickly professors are answering phones or emails on a Thursday night. I, I will be, well, and I won't be stunned. I will pretty much guarantee he will be enrolled by 9 o'clock in the morning, if nothing else. So by the time anybody listens to this thing, 
I mean, technically, that still doesn't mean it's... I mean, he's still got to say he's coming, but at that point, I mean, I highly doubt we're enrolling at multiple schools. I mean, I'm hearing nothing but Ole Miss here for, for Jackson Dart. I mean, Correct. Nothing. I communicated with his dad. His dad's name is Brandon, by the Sorry. way. Sorry, okay. I apologize. You think, you think in the year 2021, 22, you'd remember the name Brandon. Yeah. Right? Sure. <laughs> it's been a popular name. <laughs> you don't want me to like poke at you anymore and just Fine. let it go, go okay um <laughs> um yeah i communicated with him today uh so jackson was in los angeles until today he flew or i, I assume he flew i guess he could have driven taken a carriage but i'm gonna guess that he flew hot air balloon god that'd be tough <laughs> i mean that could go really wrong I think he flew back to Salt Lake City, and um, he's at home tonight. He said goodbye to his teammates today. I think Chase's theory. It sounds right. I don't know this to be right, but at this point, I would bet a lot on Chase's theory. My money, I would go all in on Mm -hmm. the Chase Parham theory of what happened. Um, I think Jackson Dart was in Los Angeles waiting to see what would happen with Caleb Williams. And had Caleb Williams decided to not go to USC, I think Jackson Jackson Dart, because he has friends there, his teammates, his buddies, is his dad's words, were there. So he was going to wait and see what happened. And as it became obvious that Caleb Williams is indeed going to USC. You feel good about that at this point? I, yes, I do. Okay. I do. I feel really, really, really good about it. Um It became obvious that it was time for him to go elsewhere, and he had explored his options, and He's back in Salt Lake City, and I think it was an emotional day. That's what his dad said. And, um, and I get that. You get that, right? I mean, everybody gets that. You, you Even a place that he played. I mean, he was, Those yeah. were his teammates. Those were his friends. Those were the guys that he practiced with, that he played with, that he, that he worked out with, that he hung out with. Those were his buddies. Yeah, Michael Trigg was not the only guy he was close to over the course of the, that, that, yeah, that program. Not at so. all. So, so he said goodbye to them. He met with Lincoln Riley today and, um, and left. So he's at home in Salt Lake City, and he's getting ready to um, – I don't have the exact word. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, let's see. Prepare to move on to the next chapter. Um, it was an emotional day knowing that part of his life was officially changing. He loves his teammates, and leaving his buddies has been difficult. He's ready to make a decision and excited to begin his next phase of life. He's a team kid, loves being a part of something bigger than himself. It's his dad's words. I'm excited for him and hope for a smooth transition wherever he lands. So They're not ready to publicly announce They're not yet. ready to publicly announce yet, and, you know, I get it. you got to have a day to de- – it was an emotional day. You don't do – what he dealt with today and come out tonight and go, okay. No, you don't say you don't say goodbye emotionally and hello. Go home and then say hello at the same time. You, you yeah. catch your breath. Get up tomorrow and then Yeah. But he's gotta travel here Saturday, Sunday. I mean yeah, you gotta, gotta, gotta get on an airplane. Yeah. At some point. I guess unless he takes the same hot air balloon, which would Wow. A hot air balloon from Utah to Mississippi. I mean he might drive, needs a car here. I guess you could ship it. Yeah. If he's driving, you'd have to like leave tomorrow. Yeah. That's a hell of a drive. I think Jeffrey shipped his to Pepperdine. When yeah, he, he shipped there. it. Yeah. yeah. 
Did the dad use a part or a part? He got it wrong. Any? <laughs> but we really appreciate the text. Like, it's okay. You know what? We're going to forgive. <laughs> In this instance, we are completely forgiving. Yeah. I wasn't going to say I anything. didn't see it. I, I fixed it. It's I, G's fault. I asked God to I fixed it in, in the thread. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> So does Lane still put the skier tomorrow? Oh God! Or is it in the back? Like, do, 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 do we still put the skier? God, is the palm tree still there in the morning through Monday? I I guess. What would you bet? Which way? I'd bet yes. You would? Yeah, because they haven't announced yet. Okay. Whatever you say. I kind of feel like we've broken the news here. I, I mean, look, I mean, someone yeah. else is going to get the credit because that's how this works, but. Yeah, if somebody's sitting there going, well, what do you think he's going? Well, I mean, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Someone I mean, was like, hey, someone, someone at 247 put in a crystal ball. I was like, well, congrats. I mean. Well, he was on trig, even. It was like, his dad said they're coming this weekend. I mean, what else do you want? I mean, what, what other source do you need? Sources said, a source didn't tell you shit. <laughs> you don't have any sources. I mean. Screw off, man. I mean, God almighty. You don't have any sources. That's my fault. <clears throat> you okay over there? What'd yeah, you but just... Did you just, spill something? No, I didn't spill anything. I'm just moving a wire. Oh, I thought you knocked something off. No, no, I don't have anything to spill. Just... You don't have a beer? No. You had a beer. I, I drank it and I'm done. <laughs> you had a beer. I so. don't. I don't need to be drinking. <laughs> okay. Why'd they block that? Yeah, I don't know. YouTube blocked some emojis. I know. It was <laughs> what weird. are we doing? It was weird. And it wasn't even the emojis I sent to somebody a little while ago. YouTube. Those could have been blocked. <laughs> YouTube's gotten sensitive. They're blocking all sorts of things lately. Yeah. All right. So um, we're going to get Jeffrey on in a minute. And, and I'm gl- kind of glad we're doing it. I'm, I'm not kind of glad. I'm really glad. I'm looking forward to talking to Jeffrey. But all jokes aside, Jeffrey watches a lot of Pac-12 football. <laughs> Like I watch Big Ten, Jeffrey watches the Pac-12. It's on at night. It's, it's yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I mean he's seen Jackson Dart play a lot. I really haven't. I've seen bits and pieces, but I haven't watched. I didn't watch a lot of USC football last year. Watched a ton of like Minnesota football, but Illinois, Illinois, Purdue. So we'll get uh, we'll get Jeffrey on. Uh, send him a message and ask him if he wants FaceTime audio or Skype. We're watching uh, USA. Is this El Salvador? Yeah, USA leads one nothing in the Conca Concacaf Concacaf 20, the World Cup qualifier. Feels like a big game. And then we've got uh, FaceTime. You want FaceTime? Okay. Got Rangers and Blue Jackets hockey on um, TV too. By the way, rough night for the Ole Miss women in Columbia. They lose sixty nine forty to the number one ranked Gamecocks. Uh, I saw somewhere. Carolina shot 30 free throws. That seems like it would be a problem. That's a, that's a large number. That is a lot. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you fine. You hear us? Can you hear us? All right, sorry. My, I've got 
I was trying to get my headphones going. Okay. Good evening. Good evening. I'm going to get you turned down a little bit. You're a little loud, which is on our end, not yours. Oh, God. Cue the jokes in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even going to say it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What are you watching? There's well, not much on right now. Uh, well, uh, Aaliyah did watch uh, her Rebels go down. Yeah. Uh, she got her hopes up, and to which I tried to explain to her. For all the uh, for all the progressive movement about uh, making us watch women's sports, no no sports in my mind are more uneven uh, than women's sports. So maybe we uh, should level that playing field. But I guess we'll get around to that when we get around to it. Uh, we've got the Lakers and Sixers on. Uh, Team USA is playing, and obviously as a Patriot, I have to watch that. Yeah, we and have that on, on the middle screen. Uh, there's this. Guy that's wearing like a Neil, are you wearing a choker? No, this wire kind of does choke me. Yeah, no, it definitely. I've had looks people like ask me that sh- if you're wearing necklaces. Yeah, oh, you gotta, really? it looks yeah. like you're, well, yeah. and also it's the it's something about that shirt that he's wearing right now, where it looks like it looks like he's got like a slight V neck, and then it looks like he's into the choker with a shark tooth. Little Alvin's Island special. I'm kind of into the choking thing, you know. That's always yeah, been no, my of course, thing. right. Uh, obviously, responsibly. <laughs> right. We're kidding. I don't understand. Just like Aaron Rodgers, right? I don't understand how that's appealing, but whatever. Um... <laughs> yeah, if we're being honest, I ne- that never that never really... Uh... Yeah, I don't understand how that's like yeah, that anybody's is... thing. And so we asked, when I was on the last bachelor party, we asked uh, one of our single guys, like, you know, like, what's hot in the streets? And apparently, like, that is. So I was like, I'm oh. God, I'm glad I'm married now. Yeah, that would be like a... That'd be like a no-go for me. I'd, I'd hear that mm-hmm. and be like, nope, nope. I'm with y'all. I'm out. All right. Yeah, you've, no, thank you. You watched a lot of uh, Pac-12. <laughs> let's talk some football. Huh? Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's transition now. Uh, you watched a lot of Pac-12 football. We joke about it, but you do. Uh, your impressions of Jackson Dart, the quarterback. What can you tell us? So my first impression of him was the Washington State game. I want to say it was like the third game of the year. Uh, Slovis got concussed. And he started and he had like the worst possible start you could have. I'm talking like two picks, maybe one for a touchdown in the first quarter. And then he kind of settled down and he absolutely lit him up. And you started watching him and he's got, you know, I I know Neil's been in the photo library. He's got the, is it fair to say swaggy eye black? Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. He's. He's got a. Swaggy, um, he, he's got an. He's got an attitude. Now, his first two games, he looked really good, and it looked like mm. Keaton Slovis might have just gotten you know Brady for Bledsoe. And then uh, when London, the receiver, went down in the Arizona game, after that they just had no weapons, and uh, you know it, it was a lot like a true freshman playing quarterback in that you can clearly see physically gifted. Um, he really struggled after his first read. Um, but I'll tell you what, man, he's got like a, he's got a moxie to him. And, you know, I think, I think Ole Miss is pretty, is, uh, pretty, uh, open to the swaggy quarterback. And I, I think he could be the next one. Uh, he's certainly not a finished product, uh, the air raids is a different offense. That's basically what he's played in. Um, 
I do think, though, that Kiffin will be able to do some good things with him because I actually think it's easier to play in this offense than it is to play in the air raid. So I think maybe that might feature his natural physical gifts. And and I I think this is actually a pretty good fit. So now it's also important to note, y'all, he's already, you know, he's already had some concussion issues. Yeah, I, I don't. I've had people tell me that one of the goals moving forward is to run the quarterback less, period. Just the quarterback less. That That's something that they felt like got overdone. Like they, you know, and obviously, I mean, Matt got hurt in that Tennessee game running 33 times. So with, with Corral. Uh, when, can, can, I, can I ask you all this? Because now that the season's over and now that he's gone, I, I think he clearly played hurt a decent amount. Yeah. I also think he was playing possum some too, and maybe Lane was too. You mean for the dra- I think for, it, for drama? Or I you... think had they no, I, I think I think at times they were trying. No, I don't think it was for drama. I think it was for a uh, schematic advantage. Oh, I, I think I think that offense really only works at the highest efficiency if you have to account for him, and I think that they knew, hey, if they don't believe that he's going to run we can start to get some looks. I, I really don't think it was the the pure drama. I, I think that there was some playing some possum. Like, I don't – he looked pretty damn healthy to me, that state game. And I'm not saying – he clearly was hurt at points in the season, and I'm not, I'm not saying faked injuries, but I do think at various points in the year he was healthier than they said he was. Yeah, I don't know. So I talked to Chris Lowe after the uh... – and Chris was one of those. Chris is probably one of three national journalists that Wayne talks to. And Chris, because of his connections with Sexton and stuff, he gets embedded sometimes with Sexton clients. And he got embedded with with Kiffin basically for that Tennessee game. And he talked about how beat up he was after that game. Now, I don't know whether how much he healed and how much they played it moving forward. I think he was beat up. I think he was beat up in like Tennessee, Auburn. But, like, I think as they got closer to November, I think he started to heal up a little bit. Could be. All right, let me get to, let me get back to this, though, before I'll, I'll, I'll forget in my old age the question I was going to ask, which is when Lane Kiffin and, at the time, Jeff Lebby got a hold of Matt Corral the first time, so much of it was about decision-making. It was about being smarter with the football, protecting the ball, not taking chances as much, being a little smarter with just your overall game. So now that, you know, and we're assuming here, but I think it's a safe assumption, now that Lane Kiffin and, and now Charlie Weiss Jr. instead of Jeff Levy will get their hands on Jackson Dart, what's going to be assignment one in terms of making him a better quarterback? Okay, I'll answer it as if you were asking me if I were in charge of them rather than – I because, you know, I can't predict, you know what I mean? Like, I sure, don't know. Sure, I, I I'm not close enough to it to know that, you know – what their actual conversations are. But you would have guessed exactly uh, that on Corral. You would have said it's about decision-making. It's not about talent. It's not about that. It, it's just about reading defenses and about being a little uh, and, smarter. And footwork. I, I thought his footwork early yeah. in his career was horrific. Yeah. Like, Je- I, I thought he was he was terrible. People hate this um, when you compliment Jeff Levy, but Jeff did a phenomenal job with Matt's footwork. No question. Uh, he, he looked like a fundamentally – from when he took his first step that Memphis game to the quarterback that he was this year, he fundamentally looked like a different human being. Uh, and I can tell you, 
you can argue whether or not uh, whose offense it is. And I, I understand like that's a legitimate argument to have, but day in, day out, your position coach is the guy that works on your mechanics and your fundamentals. Like I, that's to me, like that's not debatable. Um, if it's me, the first thing I'm working on him with is I'm not super confident um, how well he reads the field. Um, I think, I honestly think it's a lot of the similar traits, you know, a lot of the similar, you know, you might even be able to go get the old dust off the old corral blueprint and say, you know, the things that we need to work on is, okay, you can't just lock on, this is my best guy. And, and, you know, if you look at Dart's numbers, his numbers dramatically drop off after London gets hurt. Why is that? Well, because they just didn't have enough around him. And so a lot of times he was just a freshman out there, you know, trying to make a play, not really knowing what he's looking at. I would say the advantage of playing in Ole Miss's offense is they make it pretty easy on you to determine what you're looking at. It doesn't mean you can't get fooled, but a lot of the way that they line up, uh, the, the pace at which they line up, a lot of times it's a lot easier to make a determination of what you're looking at. Yeah, Lane's very but, good. Lane's very good at making it a one-read um, correct it's, play for the quarterback. I mean, honestly, if to simplify it as much as humanly possible, most of the time it comes down to how many safeties do you see? If the answer is one or fewer, uh, let's throw it and find your best matchup. If the answer is two or more, like let's run it and let's figure out the best way to run it. Like that's an overly simplified version of it. Yeah. But, um, you know, look, look at it this way. You know, Lane Kiffin has flaws, but dating back to almost every single offense that he has run, He's never had a quarterback that didn't get production. And that's from, you know, David, we, it's well documented on this show. Some people get up, uh, upset by it. But, like, I, I think very highly of David Cutcliffe as an offensive mind and, more importantly, as a quarterback coach. David Cutcliffe got nowhere near the production out of Jonathan Croptana that Kiffin did. And Croptana. I don't think Jackson Dart has – enough enough ability that I don't see why he would be any different than any other quarterback that Lane Kiffin's had. He's certainly, I mean, for God's sakes, y'all, Lane got some pretty good production out of Blake Sims. No, he's he, he's been able, it's one of the, for all the things people can say about, about Kiffin, the one thing you can't say is that he's not been able to get production out of a variety of different kinds of quarterbacks because he always has. He's, um, did you well, did you ever you know, see Jake, trade I mean, play? Wins a title with Jake Coker. He's uh, a possession away from probably winning another title with Blake Sims. But yeah, I mean, it, to me, of all the things that I'm concerned about with Lane Kiffin's program, what Jackson Dart's numbers look like next year, I guess that's the way I'd bottom line it. What Jackson Dart's numbers are, I I I'm not concerned about. Like, is he going to be Matt this year? No, but I guarantee he's going to have some pretty good numbers. Did you ever see Dart? I mean, not Dart. Uh, uh, Michael Trigg play. So I watched enough USC to see him play, but like he's a, he looked like every other USC tight end that I've ever seen in my entire life, like physical specimen. And it's like, why don't they get him the ball more? But you know, I don't really have a great, I, I can't tell you one way or another why there's no answer to that question. Is it because they had offensive continuity issues? Is it because 
being his type of player in that offense is probably wasted on a talent like him. But uh, the impression I get, and y'all can see, like, strong Yaboa vibes, where feels like the guy that maybe didn't get enough press, but Kiffin knows. Kiffin's, Kiffin's never struggled to get a tight end the ball. Yeah, it's one of the big reasons that uh, Trigg's even coming. Yeah, because his dad absolutely loves the 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 Kiffin use of the tight end and and all that stuff. It's it was in addition to the whole coming with a teammate in Jackson Dart. That was the thing that uh, Michael Trigg Senior told me. What was that like six months ago when this saga first started? It was like two. Was it just two weeks? Is that all it's been? It's been about two weeks. About two weeks since I talked to him um, before today. Uh, yeah, so. Um, let me ask you this. I'm curious because you keep up with a lot of college football. This, the whole portal phenomenon, it's not just yeah. old, it's not just Ole Miss that's heavy in the, in the portal. LSU's heavy in it. Missouri's heavy in it. Everybody's, everybody's all in it uh, right now. Flo- Florida's been pretty heavy in it. Yeah. Napier's, uh, dived into it. Is it dived or dove? Napier dove. He, he be, is diving. No, he I think, dove I, into I think it. it's, I think it's dived. It's dive. Napier dive. Yes, I, I know this because uh, the, the, you ready to nerd out, y'all? Yeah. Um, I said dove on a broadcast, and our SID slash stat guy uh, was my eighth grade English teacher. And eighth grade English at MUS is a big grammar year, like almost entirely grammar. And so obviously when I screw up, it reflects poorly on him. And so he corrected me. Oh, how about that? We'll take right. word for it. Yeah, I, I believe it. I, I, I think it is. It, I know he's right. Now that I play it in my mind, everyone's diving into the portal. Uh, some more than others. Kiffin apparently is going for kind of great depth in his dive. Um, talking about thirteen, fourteen portal guys a year, more portal than than high school. Your thoughts on that strategy? Uh, you know. You, you can go back to our Sugar Bowl uh, post-show, and I think I'm a little bit less skeptical of it than you are, but that, I don't want it to seem that I'm, I'm uh, you know, I, I have skepticism about it. I think, though, where you and I differ is that I think that this is such a such a completely different period in time that we've ever seen and the amount of changes that have happened to a sport. I think that it's time to acknowledge everything that we used to consider as law and everything that we used to consider as uh, definitives. I think we at least have to say we need to question whether or not they're as true as they used to be. Yeah, I think that's more there's, than fair. I, I, there's, I, I do. I, although, I, I mean, I think I, I think I guess I bottom line it this way. I think becoming transfer you is very similar to being. Uh, it's a similar route to being JUCO you in like night from like 1988 to like 1995. In that, I think you can find some success doing it. But you have to hit every single time, and it's like as soon as you miss, it can crater. 
and you got to make sure, and Chase said this this morning, and the more I've thought about it today, he's right. When you go heavy on the portal, you've got to make sure that you hit on the high school guys. You've otherwise, got, you don't have high school help. You've got to have a core group of guys that, A, are ingrained in your program initially and kind of have an emotional attachment to it, not just a professional attachment to it. And you have to have guys that you, you do have their full four or five-year clock. I think that's fair. However, I'll say this. I know it's funny as 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 I was saying that in my in the other part of my head was going yeah but that's wrong and here's where that's wrong right. and it, and, and, it's not I, that Chase I, I, is wrong I, I, or that it, I, it, it's, it's 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 I've been saying this all week it's it's watching an experiment in real time you can really pick it apart correct and like I admit there is part of me that's playing a little bit of devil's advocate but I have Neil can attest to this I have thought a lot about this and. To me, it's one of those situations where, okay, for example, Chase, let's say you hit on four of those freshmen. Mm-hmm. They have great years at Ole Miss. They're eight and four. Uh, buddy, who's to say they ain't going to Alabama? Who's to say they're not going oh, to Florida? Sure. Who's to say that? Yeah, you know what I mean, like and that's where the NIL like, stuff kicks in, right? If if, if he's got a because the portal kid's already used that transfer, you're stuck with him. He's stuck with you. Correct. And if he's a multi-year not, guy now, now one-year transfers, you better really get a hell of a lot out of him. You got to be careful there. Now you got to capitalize. You need multi-year transfers. Yeah. So where I think this gets complicated right now, and see if y'all agree, the reality that we're living in, in which we have no idea what eligibility some of these kids are. I think honestly, you can ask some of these kids, and they don't like if you sit there and go, "What are you?" They go. Think I'm a sophomore, but I might have an extra year. Like you know what I mean? Like we're in this weird reality of no one really knows whether or not they have four years left, whether or not they have uh, three years left. And so I think there is some value on going after a kid that maybe went to another school. You've got film on him. You like what you see about him. It hasn't worked out there, and this kid knows. Hey, man, this is a really good shot. Like, I mean, honestly, guys, without the transfer portal, does Ole Miss go 10 and 2? My answer is no. No, 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 no. No, No. without Chance Campbell, without Jake Springer, no. And and, at that point, Mark Robinson wouldn't even be there. That's a good point. And I do agree. I do agree with Neil's concept that you need the younger guys to build the identity of the program with that being said we just watched a team that certainly the identity of the defense was a transfer middle linebacker a safety and then a defensive end that you know i think the best thing you could say about him is he's really talented yeah well you know what i mean like you also i mean it's but i think and this may be where this kiffin is is dead on right it it I'm not sitting here prepared to go, oh, yeah, this is brilliant or this is stupid. I I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's stupid. I'm not prepared to go, oh, yeah, this is the absolute cutting edge. I I'm, I'm I think that's possible. But, like, if you look at that team, yeah, they had guys that stepped in and filled those roles. But the meat of that team, Corral, Broker, Ben Brown, um, Jerry and Ely, Snoop Connor, Henry Parrish to a degree, Don Terrio Drummond had been there a little while. Uh, 
Braylon Sanders has been at Ole Miss for what five years. I mean, you had. Uh, you, I thought it was seven. I thought I thought this was his eighth year. You, you know, you had uh, uh, you had Katie Hill had a great season, had a big, a, a very important season for them. Uh, some of those DBs have been there for a while, still there. I mean, you know, um, AJ AJ Finley and um, DeAndre Prince came back for a second time. I mean, there was there there were guys who were had the emotional investment program guys, yeah. program guys like we were talking about today. I mean, you know, for Jackson Dart, the hard part about this was the part that nobody, everybody kept talking about quarterback play and all that stuff. And you know, don't forget, I mean, this is a guy that you know he has his buddies that are there, guys that he that he's hung out with that they've. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess they've had some parties and 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 they've also been to well, six, six a.m. workouts. I, I, and, I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with Jackson's religion. Yeah, I'm still going to just bet. Um, but you know, they've had six a.m. I'll tell you this: having known, having gone to school with some Mormons, I thought you'd be right. I'm telling you, man. You don't think if he's le- if he is? Let me say this: <laughs> he's legit Mormon. If he's legit Mormon, I'm telling you, man. No, I'm telling you, I've watched it with these own two eyes. The PC rating on tonight's show is just terrible. Um, well, the good news is, hey, guys, I don't know if y'all been paying attention. The tides are turning. It's all coming back, baby. Yeah, uh, everyone everyone that was, you know, clutching their pearls, everyone's lightened up. We're now, like, whatever, 14 months removed from Trump, and everyone's realizing, like, oh, yeah, if you if you entirely base your political beliefs, whether or not you agree with one human being— like that's probably not a great system. So we're at least like we're at least heading back to normalcy. We're doing our pendulum swing. Um, all right, mm-hmm. hey, real quick, uh, not necessarily real quick, but I'm curious. We have people that. Oh want- no, 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 okay. I want to go back to your point though. Okay, here's my question. So we get to say all these nice things, and you and I, we've all covered enough teams to know. Hey, you get to write and nice and say nice things about teams that win a lot. How much of that was? How much of that truly was the defense? And how much of it was Matt Corral was, if not the best quarterback in the country, you know, number two at worst. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they went 10-2 and against an SEC in which LSU is down. A&M lost its quarterback. Uh, You had to go to the the last play to beat Arkansas. Uh, You got to play Tennessee in year one of a coaching change. You got to play Vanderbilt in year one of a coaching change. And, uh, you know, like how much how much of 10 and 2 is Matt Corral and circumstances versus how much of a 10 and 2 was the team that we saw? Um, we start to find out. I mean, this is the year we start to find out because he doesn't have he doesn't have a, a in his words, a generational quarterback. The defense was good enough to allow Corral to lead them to ten and two. Okay, I guess I guess this would be the the most uh, because I mean they did improve by like fourteen points or something. They they did. Yeah, they they, but also, they went from Matt, like one twenty to fifty. Yeah, like you yeah. know what I mean? Like they weren't turning it over and giving teams points. Like there is also an element of that, and also they did not go nearly as fast this year as they did last year. And there's no question the defense. You watch that defense, and there's no question it was better. But there is in the back of your mind, is this defense 14 points better? Because, y'all, that is that is the type of leap that is an outlier. Like, it's not – and maybe and that's the thing. Maybe the transfer portal makes those types of leaps possible if you hit on all of this. But to me, like, you know, Chase, 
there were a lot of people in 2003 that talked themselves into, you know, I know we lose Eli, but I don't know if you heard this. The Dallas Cowboys were at practice this week, <laughs> and they said the most talented player on the field was Michael Spurlock. In fact, they started calling him Spurvick. Ooh. And then I'm telling you, this real? Mike Espy's Mike Espy's back. <laughs> Tay Biddle's back. You get another year of Bill Flowers. And that defense, I know they struggled at first, but they came on strong at the end of the year. Were people really Does saying this? sound this? familiar, Rutley? <laughs> you, you talk yourself into a lot of things, though. Um <laughs> But like, did you under you understand? Like, I'm not even I'm not even tr- like this is this is like these are the things that I think about. Like, how much of this? And it's entirely possible that this is a staff that is really good at figuring out who can play. And like, that's the flip side of this argument. But that's always been what Kiffin's I, been good at, right? Like, and so I am I'm willing to acknowledge that both possibilities are true. If you're asking me to bet on which one is closer to right, I am betting on what my eyes told me in that number two is really good and he covered up a lot of mistakes. Kind of like number 10 was really good and covered up a lot of mistakes. And it's not even really devil's advocate on the defense. It's that it's so much extra personnel. Like I said, you move, you get DeAndre Prince back, you move some people in different positions, you get Campbell, you get Springer, and frankly, Sam Williams was a different dude. Like, that's basically like you got a transfer in Sam Williams. He went from like three sacks to setting the school record, whatever it would be, in 13 or whatever. At a premium position where you're getting that many tackles for loss, that's worth a lot right there. So what's at the, the biggest? What's at the arguably the most at, at arguably the biggest impact position on defense? Yeah, sure, of course. So what's the biggest question mark for both of you guys for this team right now? Let's, let's assume for the sake of this argument that they, they've got uh, they've got Dart, they've got Triggs, so they've addressed tight end, they've addressed quarterback. Is it is it defensive line? Is it linebackers? Is it wide receiver? Which. It's defensive line, and I don't know that it's close. It's in and tackle. You want to see where you can whoa, get things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did we not watch the same Sugar Bowl? What? Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I'm confused. Like, we all watch football the same way. Go Y'all ahead. have no concerns about this offensive line? I think the defensive line is a much bigger problem right now. Yeah, it, uh, The offensive line, I, I do think they addressed a big thing in getting Brooks, and I actually think they're going to add another – Kind of tackled. That's gonna. Okay, I I understand what you're saying, but I'm but I'm telling you, Jeffrey, I have more unit, concern with the one de- thing that's a unit. Like the I have an big... offensive line has to be more than just talent. Wide receiver can be talent. Defensive line, honestly, can be talent. Like, well, that's true. An you... offensive line has to really, really know how to work together. That is true. That's fair. I I, I just I'll be I'm I'm kind of with I'm I still have some off some wide receiver concerns. I know Knox was one of the... We're really counting on Jalen Knox to be a dude. You're counting on everything that people are saying to be accurate, that he was at times the best receiver on campus. And I need to know if Tywan Malone's good next year. That's my answer. Is Malone good? In year two, is he what what, what he was supposed to be out of high school? And I think that dictates my answer. I'm trying to think back into my head. Can y'all come up with a receiver? I guess the one I would make the argument that... He truly got screwed. Like, typically receivers, like, you kind of know if they're good or not. I think the exception is Cody Core, in that I think Cody Core was misutilized. But in general, 
how many receivers go from being, you know, an afterthought to, man, nobody can cover him, that weren't buried behind an elite guy? I'm talking about could have played, they wanted to play him. Because I, I think we can all admit, based on the injuries last year, there was a lot of opportunities to get some reps at the receiver position. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, all three of the dudes were out at one point. Did he ever step up and you sit there and you go, that's it? No. It's today signing day. No. Oh. Coming up with the reasons. Okay. Slightly fresh. Oh, did it? It's apparently struggling. Oh, oh, I meant to tell you this. Uh, yeah, uh, I looked on it 5.30. Yeah, like uh, gateway, the 5.02 gateway thing. Yeah, that's become the bane of my existence. Um, yeah, you have to hit refresh when that pops up. Yeah. I, I did. Oh. <laughs> I'm well versed in the I'm well versed in the troubleshooting. Site works, but the boards are down, according to Cole. Well, that's that's, that's kind of like the the car works, but the engine doesn't. Yeah, the brakes are fine, but it just doesn't go. <laughs> it just won't start. It's listen, guys. You got this shell there. That that is a beautiful body car. It really is. All right, I told people I would ask you this because they wanted to know what's what's been the week. Uh, last time we were here doing the show. Um, we Just were, as we signed off, Penny got to talking. So what, what, Penny, what's Penny the was dropping like? f bombs. What's it been like? You mean uh, he was? First off, Coach was just standing up for what was right. Okay. You know, I don't know if you know this. It, media asks a lot of stupid fucking questions, so I just hope y'all know that. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they write a lot of bullshit articles. Like, I, I, Coach was just standing up. Has anyone um, written a negative word about Penny Hardaway in the Memphis media market to this point prior to uh, last Thursday? Oh, yeah. There's a reason why. There's a reason why someone got asked. You know what happens when you don't uh, – you do, like, think about this. Your entire existence as a head coach for three years has been nothing but sunshine pumping and sunshine pumping. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you – first off, you're not well-versed in this universe. You're not from this world. You know, you've been a professional athlete, but you're not from the coaching world where, uh, y- you know, even though even though you're down three guys at Tulane, you're supposed to beat Tulane. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not from this world where everyone just sits there and goes, hey, man, we, we kind of get it. Like, move on. And then all of a sudden, after three years, you start to get some negative words. And all of a sudden, you start to uh, come a little unhinged. Does this sound like anyone that y'all know? When the when the pressure to actually win, in here. all of a sudden somebody started lashing out a lot, and somebody started somebody started explaining his point of view. Yeah, it, it, there is there is some freeze. Houston nut when when the pressure got. Ratched, ratcheted yeah. up, got that way too. Yeah, it's a kind of a common thing. And I think the one commonality in all three, Houston, uh, I think Houston is either, if it if not on record, there are enough people that can confirm it's true. Houston basically said, like, is nine and four not good enough here? You know what I mean? Like that, and kind of thought the back to back Cotton Bowls haven't done it in fifty years that that was enough. Freeze for all I've done for this university, all the good I've done. 
And then all of a sudden, a little trials and tribulations. Same thing with Penny. You sold 1,700 season tickets the year before I got here. You've sold 10,500 the last two. I've gotten you number one recruiting classes. I've made this program relevant. I have nothing to show for it. But with that being said, I have I have taken this program from being something that people actually, you know, no one talks about to something that people talk about. And so I expect what you'll see next year, just a hint, uh, the University of Memphis is about to look a lot like the Ole Miss football program. I think there's going to be a lot of older gentlemen on that team. Oh. Uh, we had some people want to know your thoughts on the uh, New York football giants. Okay. It's a weird spot to be in. I'm, I, I think we've all talked about this. I'm done of being like home run or uh, single, double. I care more about what was the thought process. The thought process was, in the NFL, unlike in college football, if you see somebody that's great and you've got a, uh, you've, you, know, you have the ability to go get that, you can just hire that person away. Well, the NFL has the unspoken rule of you don't take another man's man. And with Buffalo, does anyone argue that what they've done has been very smart the last Four and a half, five years? No, they've emerged as one of the, the uh, model franchises in the NFL. And they've done it not, you know, they've done it the hard way. They took a beating on the quarterback that they took. Mm-hmm. They have drafted their asses off. They traded away the position to draft Patrick Mahomes. Like, consider that. And they had to eat it. And in the end... Like they consistently are one of the best run teams. And so does that necessarily mean that the number two guy can do the job? No, but at least I like the thought process of, Hey, who's somebody who's been around someone that built a, you know, built a program, built a a team and has figured out a way to make a sustainable model to where it's not just a flash in the pan. It's Buffalo. And also I'm kind of all in on let's just hey let's just run it back with number twos. Get me Brian Dable. I want a fat coach that just cares about nothing but football. <laughs> McAdoo, I told y'all this when McAdoo showed up at the opening press conference and he was wearing that suit that didn't fit. He looked like he had bought it at Joseph A. Bank like his sophomore year of college. I go, that's my football coach. <laughs> they went eleven and five that year. The next year, he slimmed down, and he started slicking back his hair. And I looked at that, and I said, that's not Ben McAdoo. That's a man that's lost his way. Give me a fat guy that's bald with a beard that all he does is care about football, and Brian Dable's that guy. I'm all in. Also, I love Brian Flores, so if they want to hire him too, and he wants the job, by all means. That guy made made Miami – I, the only thing that's more impressive than his last two years is when he went four and twelve with a team that was trying to tank. <laughs> All right, last thing, uh, real quick, for the the two people in the thread that care about the NBA, um, are the Grizzlies a contender? I think you have to say yes, and it's not from the sense that they're a traditional contender. Neil, wouldn't you agree? When you look at the NBA landscape, there's no Death Star this year, right? Absolutely not. 
Certainly. Especially with now all three Nets guys being hobbled. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. No, there's like, no. There is this weird reality. Have I? Oh, have I told you my theory of what I want to do if uh, if the Grizzlies get to the finals and they're playing the Nets? No. I want to come up with the first ever universally approved mask mandate, mask and vaccine mandate. I think I am petitioning Jim Strickland as the mayor to do what's right for the people and what's right. For the safety of our children. So that Kyrie can And more play. importantly, yeah. everyone in the community. I think there needs to be a mask and vaccine mandate. And if you're not here and you do not abide by our rules, you cannot enter our city limits. So just for two weeks, right? Well, oh, yeah, no, I wanted to start what it was finals of June 17th. Yeah. Yeah, so I wanted to start June 17 at midnight. Eh, no, uh, June 17 at 5 p.m. And then it expires whatever game seven is. Hey, man, I appreciate the time as always. Really do. Thanks. All right, boys. All right, bye. There's Jeffrey Wright. Thanks to him for uh, his time. Did you hit all the trick stuff before we went to him? Or did we forget that? Chase, I don't remember. I wrote it down when we were talking because I couldn't remember if we did that. About the situation? Yeah. You're just, I, you're right now. See, right. Th- this is this is this is what you do. You you are, you're like you know, he's in a fairly affable mood, and I'm just gonna poke at him. And I'm we gonna said get him to going snap. in, we were gonna. I said I would take Dart, and you could have Trig, and we would run through the situations. I didn't know if we did Trig. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Th- did this, we say anything? I mean, I really don't recall. Did we? I don't know. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know if we even went to the subject. I'm really not needling you as bad as it seems like I am. Because this... Could really... Yeah, see, they said literally no tricks. Though. Okay, yeah, I could... Yeah, I could get pissed off fast. So I talked to his dad today. Yeah. Texted and then actually Remote talked. Oh, yeah, uh, let's see. So I talked to his dad. There was an issue at uh, at USC involving a course. It's my understanding it was a pass-fail course. And there were some issues with it. And with it on his transcript, it was a problem. Mm-hmm. It had to be removed from his transcript so it would be less of a problem. And... Um, I don't know whether it was yesterday or early today or whatever, but that that had been resolved where he could. Because one of the parts of the portal that people don't talk about, and I guess we should have learned this on Deion Smith and talked about it, is that to transfer and be eligible to play immediately, to use your one-time no-penalty transfer, mm-hmm. one of the requirements is that you are academically eligible at the school in which you are transferring from. Yeah, otherwise you can only transfer under the old rules. You can't be a portal transfer, which allows immediate eligibility. Yeah. And so with that course on his transcript, he wasn't, he didn't meet that requirement. And so the course was, they were able to appeal, and I don't know to who or how, and I didn't dig into it, but it was, the obstacle was removed to where he is now eligible to play immediately. And so 
there was a lot of criticism kind of out there in the ether about Ole Miss and the UM admissions and and listen, I can't speak to this with total authority, and maybe you can. I've said this all along that I kind of have a deal with Ole Miss after what happened in 2016 and some of the conversations that happened in the subsequent year that I don't touch university stuff. I just leave it alone. I don't go there. I cover the school, and this is bordering in that, and, and I, I've, I've lived up to my words. I don't, I don't want to go too far. I think Ole Miss got – beat up by some people unnecessarily and maybe completely unjustifiably. I can't speak to that with total authority, but that's what it sounds like. Yeah, knowing what I know just about the processes of this, I I don't know how they much could have done things quicker than they did. I mean, it went it went very fast given the situation that they were under. Um Look, guys, I mean, it's one of those deals where when you get transcripts and things, whatever they say is kind of what they say. Now you you know you can you can speed things along, but you can't just make stuff up, and you got to figure things out. I mean, right? It, let, let's be completely real, and I'm not saying you know whatever. I'm not like I'm sure there's some case by case stuff here, but this thing got done three four days a week. The typical student struggle to get it done that quickly. I mean, let's would, be honest. It would take multiple uh, weeks. Yeah, I mean. It, Ole Miss did complete and utter, as far as I'm aware of, due diligence here to get this done quickly. I, I think, and I don't, as and you I don't, said, I think it's pretty unjustifiable for Ole Miss to be the to, to be who was beat up in this. And I don't think they were the only entity that had work to do to get it done, that had no. to do things. I don't think it was a completely autonomous process. I mean, I think there were multiple parties that were involved. At least two. Because there would have been questions from SC, yeah. Yeah, there were at least two and maybe a third that had to be involved to approve it. You can't make those people quicken up for you. I mean, Well, no, they're they're not hanging on every word of it because they're dealing with other things, too. I mean, there are more – there was more than – I'm going to guess there was more than one student at USC, and if if the NCAA were involved, there's more than one appeal or whatnot that is sitting on the desk there. Yeah. So trying to protect when we're trying to protect Michael Trick's privacy here, but beyond that, it, yeah, it was it, it, this thing moved, in my opinion, incredibly quickly relative to what it was, um, and they got it done in time, which was the thing. I mean, there's, it, I mean, according to Michael Trick Senior, they can be good to go by Monday for that issue at least. So no, I mean, I think I, I think it was. Um, I think it was one of those things that just took a minute. I know I, I get the lack of patience, but some things require some patience. It just you you have to go build those processes because it has to be done correctly. It can't just well, be yeah. You you can't, it can't just be thrown. Yeah, you got to do it right. There's a process. It's you're to meet the requirements to be able to play immediately and not look up in the summer and go, hey, we have a problem. You you have to handle it now. Because I don't know how that would work, like in a hypothetical. In this case, it's been solved. It's resolved. But in a hypothetical where you transfer someplace, assuming that you have the one-time no-penalty transfer, and you find out that you're not eligible, do you get your card back? How does that work? 
Yeah. Or do you just have to sit? Like like Jalen Knox knew when he transferred to Ole he Miss. He knew he was ineligible. He knew he was ineligible, and that's why he didn't he didn't qualify for the one time no penalty. That's a good he, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He qualified for the old rules, which is okay. You can transfer and you can be on scholarship, but you but have you got to gotta get You got to get eligible there. You have to sit out a year and get eligible there before yes. you can play. That's why he'll be able to play this year, but he couldn't play in 2021 because he wouldn't have been eligible to play at at Missouri either. Mm-hmm. When you get in the portal, you have to be eligible. Yeah, there's confusion there. Everybody thinks it's just one route. No, you can still go the old route. But if you're doing this route, you have to be, yes, you have to be academically eligible in whatever way to do that. I don't don't know all the specifics, but you do. And that's what surprised us because, obviously, Zach Evans was. After all that talk, I mean, he's on campus. He's taking classes, so he must be good to go. Or on pace, I guess I would say. Speaking of Memphis. What is on that floor? That's their floor, bud. Terrible, isn't it? They look like they went to Boise. It's awful, isn't it? That is the worst floor I've ever se- seen. You think so? Think it's the worst one? I hate it. Like, I hate Oregon's thing, too. Like, I look at it, and I think something's wrong with the television. Every single time that I look back at it, even now knowing it's going to be blue like that, I think what's wrong with my TV. It's kind of the floor version of us making fun of Kentucky's uniforms, isn't it? You have blue and white. Just put a floor down. Yeah, you're trying way that 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 is trying way too hard. That hurts the eye. That would be a big. That would be enough if I was in the Big Twelve to go. Nope, no way. Because of your floor. Even if I was fine with everything else, we're not putting that floor in our. No, that would be the end. Yeah, I'd walk in and go. No, that's it. That's it. You're you're not prepared. You're you're too JUCO for us. East Carolina and Memphis. Is it bad that I really would love to see East Carolina win this game by 12? Everybody. Wouldn't everybody who's – yeah, Oregon's floor is awful. It is bad, but it's not this bad. You think it's better than this? Yes, I'll I'll fight on this hill. Well, yeah, the Big 12 is not void of reasons to say no to Memphis. Yeah, you are are very correct. I'm just saying – I don't know anything about a kicker. I've not heard anything about a portal kicker, and I know that we're still waiting on um, Caden Costa. The Caden Costa rule, and there does not appear to be any urgency there. Which is again to your point about Trig. It got done pretty quickly. For all the people screaming and yelling about how it was taking so long, it was not taking long. It really relative. didn't take that long. Because someone could have said, "Hey, we, we we're not able to do this by Monday." And, but we might be able to get it done by August. Yeah. Instead, they got it done. It, it's gonna. He can be there on nine, at nine o'clock on Monday morning for whatever it is he's taking. It's gonna be okay. I mean, I. I, I yeah. All right. You okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm. I'm I, I, I. Yeah. It's one of those things that if nobody else knows then it doesn't become something. And so I've got to make sure I just bite my tongue really hard. Yep. Till there's like blood coming out of it. Kind of where we are. All right. So we got to get this off there. There's the hotline number, 662-259-0991. Call that number. It's the Raptors Music and Food Hotline, and you can call in and join us here on the big show. Hey, who do we have? Hey guys, this is Mark from DC. How are hey you Mark, what's up? Tonight? We're good. How are you? 
Hey, so I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, basketball, and I guess it's kind of more directed at Neil since Chase doesn't really cover basketball as much as you do. But and and please correct me if I'm way off on this, but is it me or or do you think the same thing that I do? I kind of think that we have a lot of high profile recruits, say like really high four star guys, but it seems like the staff slash Kermit Davis doesn't really develop them that well. Um, I don't know that I agree with that. Um, I think they've done a pretty good job developing Morrell. I think they've done a, a good job so far with, with Deshaun Ruffin, who missed a lot of time. Uh, I think Breakfield is a much more raw product than people understand. His ranking has disrupted what what yeah. actually he has shown to this yeah. point. Uh, Jamin's game Jamin's game needs a lot of work. Uh it needs more than one year of work. It needs a lot of work. His handle is 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 sloppy. Uh, his his defense, he's got to get stronger. Um, he's got to become a more skilled offensive player. Jamin Jamin's a high four star player, and the whole Duke thing and all the hype. But but there's there's a lot of flaws there to his game. Um, my so is it so is it more an indictment on I guess the people that rated? No, no. Crowley's the reason they're losing. Yeah, no, look, you can uh, Crowley's. Crowley, you get into you get into my area here, right? This is this is my criticism of this staff is can be summed up in two players, and I hate doing this. It's not fair to do this to college kids, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'm not it, it. It's 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 Austin Crowley and and um, Sammy Hunter. That's that's my criticism of them. I mean, you look at their those are two guys that they recruited to be big pieces, and they're 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 not. And I mean, Hunter has been there for. I don't know, three, four years now. And, and Sammy's just not an SEC player at this point in his career. Right. And, and uh, Austin does some things. Um, he does some things well. And I, I really thought by now Austin was going to be a, a really impactful player. And it, it, just, has, mean, it just hasn't they happened. All, they both look the part. They look the part. Austin absolutely looks the part. And Sammy does too. They just – it hadn't happened. And then you have – you throw in a couple of injuries. Um and then yep. you th- and then you throw in three guys. You know, a lot of times that you can carry one guy on the end of your bench that that is a scholarship guy, that's a development guy, that's just not ready yet. They've got three on scholarship on the yep. end of their bench who aren't ready yet. And so start doing the math. When you start at thirteen and you've got two injuries, you're down to eleven, and you take three guys on the end of bench who can't play. That's down to eight. And then you got two guys out of your out of your other eight. That, yeah, that, you have nothing. That that are you're yeah you're down to last night which is it's it's you're counting on Morrell and 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 Ruffin to carry you and when you're going up against look Arkansas is not very good I I wouldn't call Arkansas a bad team they're 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 fine um, but they're super thin like I said they played four starters last night I mean their their, their starting lineup played thirty nine forty thirty five forty eight eighteen thirty eight. 37-31 and 36-43. So they're playing the same six dudes the whole game. So it wasn't a depth thing, but you know, they've got they've got a couple of really impactful players in Note and Williams and 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 they've been around a little bit longer and and that's that's why they won the game. They they they, they made some shots. They made some plays and Ole Miss didn't and everything else in the box scores the same. But when your margin, when your path to victory is that everybody has to play great that night, well, you're not going to win many games because that's not a realistic approach. 
I mean, right. I mean, we saw it against Florida. I mean, they Morrell shot lights out, and so did so did Ruffin. But let me ask this question. So, and I, I like both coaches. I like Kennedy. I like Kennedy a lot. I, and I like Coach Davis a lot too. So, do you think that Kennedy would have a better record than what Davis has right now with this team? I don't know. Look, here's the, here, full disclosure here. Andy Kennedy's a good friend, not just a friend, but a good friend. Um, yeah. So I'm, you know, I. That said, Andy needed Andy Andy's time at Ole Miss was up. He knew Dude, it. I think he did a heck of a job. He did. Man, he I did. He, he he did. But Andy needed a reset, and and he got yeah. one. He got two years in TV, and everyone talks. So there's a really good story about ESPN today yeah. about, about AK, and and he, not only did he get the TV, and everybody goes, oh, he was so good at TV, and he was. He was. Yes. He was really good at TV. But the part of that two years that Andy really enjoyed, and I know this because we talked about it a lot, he would go to practice in the morning at Kentucky, at Tennessee, at wherever. And, you know, he went to an Arkansas practice one day and watched Musselman, who's a completely different coach than Andy. But he got a couple of things out of it. He he and Calipari are pretty good friends. And, and, and I think Cal opened up the – the program to him a little bit and I think he learned a lot of things in two years and then I think Andy and this is where Andy's really smart Andy did a self-assessment and he said hey I can't continue to MF kids the way that I did I've got to chill I've got to figure out a way to back off and Andy if you've ever met him is a hyper competitive human being um, yeah, I've met him once or twice when I live in Oxford, and he, I mean he's doing a heck of a job at UAB. He he, he is, he, but he but is, he, he really but the two years away from it has helped him coach kids differently. And you know, like listen, I I think that I think he's going to have some opportunities. I think he's going to have some decisions to make. But do I think he would be better at Ole Miss right now? And that that would be a remarkably unfair thing to say to, about Kermit. Yeah. I agree. You know, so I I don't I, listen. I think Kermit's a good coach, but Kermit's dealing. I, I I do believe this. I think Kermit's got to change the way he behaves on the sidelines. I don't think the antics work, and and Kermit's a hell of a. Well, basketball. frankly, game game flow. Kermit's a hell of a basketball coach. I mean, he knows the game. He would kick your ass in X's and O's. He gets it. I mean, he is a smart basketball coach, but I do think he's got to change his stripes a little and. You know, let's face it. He's at that age where changing is hard, and 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 yep. he's and, and Kermit also is hyper competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wants to win bad, and and it's his program. And and I think sometimes he goes in with the best of intentions, and as the game goes on and the adrenaline gets pumping, I, I, he he coaches with that bench and stuff. And I think sometimes you can make guys a little gun shy. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, I, I like both coaches. I really do. I mean, I, I think the world of both of them. It's just that I, it's hard for me to see that that Kermit, based based on what we've seen so far. I mean, crowd attendance, uh, what we've seen on the court. I mean, it's I wouldn't be shocked if something happened at the end of this year. I think Keith's going to have a difficult decision. Everybody at this point, I think Chase will agree with this. Everybody's pretty unanimous that this is not going to be the year that this happens. And 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 listen, financially, you're you're it's out trying to raise a hundred. What is it, hundred and forty million? Yeah, is that the number? 
Or the, that. So yeah, what, campaign? Like yeah what is that? It's th- like three something. Isn't oh, it? hell, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's three I something. It was over three. It's okay. like 350. Okay, so you're trying to raise $350 million and, and do an aisle. And you're asking people, hey, listen. Uh, Need you to pay the players, too. We, we kind of want to play the players, and we got to do this kind of legally, so how do we do Yeah, and, and then, hey, let's pay the basketball coach $7 million or whatever it is to – and that would take a. I think it's more than that to go away or whatever nine, whatever the number is. I, and then you got to pay a new guy. And who's the, who's that guy? And I, I don't know. It's a listen. Whatever Keith's making, he's earning it because this is. And and, yeah. then, and look, Keith likes these people. You know, I mean, like we we didn't talk about this, but I'm sure Monday night was a. You know, it was a, a tough deal. A tough night for Keith. I mean, Mike White's one of his best friends, and I mean, he looks out on the floor, and Keith's smart enough to know Mike's in trouble. And, and um, yeah. you know, I mean, there's no guarantee when you bring in the next guy because, the, you know, the moment yep. that Andy walked out the door, it wasn't Andy's fault anymore. And and the moment that wherever that is, whether it's in March or in three years, whenever Kermit walks away, it's not Kermit's fault anymore. you got to find the new guy's got to come in and fix it. And everybody does this thing about the portal. Well, you just jump in the portal and fix it. Well, the first thing you got to do is keep your guys out of the portal. I mean, I promise you there are – I said this on the morning show, I think. There are – I promise you there are teams out there that have their eyes on Matthew Morrell. Promise it. Oh, I completely agree. <laughs> I, so I mean, promise. Before, before I hang up, so back to Chase's comment. I, I, I don't know if he said this a couple of days ago or the last podcast, but he was right. So back in 01, 02, 03 when Rod Bonds was there, I mean, basketball games were so electric. I mean, it was like can't miss if you were in person. They were. I was. At, I was at the game when we won the. I think it was two thousand one when, uh, and I was probably like I don't know, fifteen years old. We beat Alabama, and they were ranked like kids in the country, and beat them by like thirty four to win the West. I mean that that place was electric. If anyway, we can get back to that. I mean, and basketball games are so fun if, if we're good. Um, but anyway, I, I, I go ahead, Jason. Well, no, I mean, go ahead. You, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. Appreciate the call. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll hang up and listen to you guys. I, I appreciate the show. Uh, I, I, I mean, I listen every day. Um, it's probably the highlight of my day, considering, I mean, I, I, I work from home, put y'all guys on podcast and, and do my work. So, I mean, I, I appreciate everything y'all do. But I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, appreciate right, it. Thank you. I mean, look, Ole Miss can for sure be better at basketball than they are right now. There's no doubt about that. The league is really freaking hard, though. Yeah. It was much. It's much better than it was in the 90s. So it's going to take Ole Miss to be even that much better, that much more efficient, um, deeper rosters, and well, and if you were to make a, if you were to make a move this year, it's probably going to be you, Missouri, Georgia, maybe Florida. Where does your job rank in those four? I mean, like look at Auburn today. Auburn like is in the state of panic. They're number one in the country, and they're panicked because Louisville wants Bruce Pearl. And so if the Auburn job opened up, I mean. The line of coaches that would want to jump into that puppy right now would be pretty big. It's just, it's not an easy deal. I mean, it's not. It's. it's God, I don't have to make that decision. <laughs> All right, I gotta get. Gotta figure out an easier way to get from one graphic to the other. It's. It's. There's got to be a. AK would have a lot of reach. In a fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to fight Andy, my God. <laughs> Why would I do that? He's a great athlete. <laughs> I mean, he's got bad knees now. You have to go with the knees. 
Yeah, I mean, the only yeah. only shot I'd have would be to <laughs> kick him in the knee, and knock him down, and then run. Yeah, why are we doing the American History X scene? No, but don't do that. It's not good in the stream. It's a good. It's a good Thursday night. And both of us would just say, "Why are we doing this? Let's open some wine. It'll be yeah. all right." I mean, there's no reason. I don't know. I don't think I could take him. I, I don't. No. I mean, I, no. my money would be on him. He's he's a really athletic guy. And he's in shape. I mean, I work out and stuff, but he's in better shape than I'm in. I think he's a little more. I don't know what he does. I think he does the morning. I think he's pretty pretty disciplined with the morning workout. Is he really? Yeah, I think so. I don't know what, I don't know what the day's going to bring. Get it out of the way. It is the way to do it. Get moving. It's the way to do it if you can be disciplined enough to do it. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Steve in Greenville. Hey, Steve, what's up? Hey, just a quick question. You keep talking about uh, the ACC, you know, losing, you know, how they're not making the money the SEC is and expansion. I heard on the radio the other day that if a team leaves the ACC or if Notre Dame decides to join another uh, somebody other than the ACC, they have a $300 million buyout before they leave before 2036. Wow, I've never heard that number. I will just tell you what I consistently hear from people about conference realignment and such, and that is that contracts are made to be negotiated. Uh, I was just wondering, $300 million, I mean, the SEC would have to be really bringing in some big money to get somebody. Yeah, but look, I go back to my thing that I've said all along, which is if you're one of those member institutions and you want to raise enough of a stink about it, you can make it ugly enough where they want you to go away so that you'll shut up. True. All right. Oh, one more thing. Uh, I was listening to a professor from Tennessee the other day on a podcast, and he was talking about uh, when Georgia Tech left, I know Ole Miss plays them this year, and he said that Mississippi State almost went out the door with them, but Ole Miss and um, I think it was LSU talked them out of it. Ooh. Say that again? That when Georgia Tech left, they were mad about how Alabama was recruiting and then cutting players before the season started. Okay. And Ole Miss was apparently doing the same thing under vault. And Georgia Tech was um, upset about it, and they left. and said State was upset also. And said everybody knew that Tulane was fixing to leave. And that would have put us at, well, I think eight teams at the time. Sure. If, and um, said that Ole Miss and LSU went to state and talked them into staying. Said they would change how they did things. Oh, that was a mistake. Should have let them go out the door. They'd walk. They'd be Southern Miss right now. Yeah. Well, Alabama promised Georgia Tech they would change, and then Bear uh-huh. Bryant thought better of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh yeah. Don't worry, guys. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All Enjoy right. Show. Take thanks. It. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Grind. Thanks for the super chat. Appreciate Ooh. that. Very nice of you. <laughs> oh, do you believe Bryant? Come on. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll stop. We'll, we'll, we're going to be class, and we're going to change. I'll tell you, we'll we'll take care. And, 
beat his and take his and beat her. And we're going to do it with first class. We're going to give 100%. And Golden Flake. We're going to give 100%. And uh, listen, if you're a 75 player, but you give everything you've got and you pay the price, you can be an 85 player. And if that 85 player on the other side, say he doesn't pay the price. He doesn't do the extra things that we're going to demand of you. He's going to be a 75 player. That'll let you beat him. And if we do that 11 at a time, every play, we'll win the national championship. Yeah, duck does not taste like chicken. It's gamey. It's got a high-fat content. Yeah. You like duck? Yeah, it's it's I'm duck. It's fine. Uh, the two two five number. If you call back, I'll get you. I just missed you. I was doing a Bear Bryant <laughs> imitation that probably <laughs> got me fi- fired in Alabama. Look, I just got fired again. You couldn't make fun of Bear, could you? Uh, no. You had to be very careful. <laughs> I could do the he's got glass and we got glass and everyone glass. But that's it. That's about as far as you could go. You no, s- nothing derogatory. You certainly couldn't imply that. Maybe they twisted the rules. Oh, really? Yeah, I know. You couldn't even do that? He signed like 70 a year. Yeah, but that's because everybody wanted to play for the Bear. I mean, that's what it was. Nothing. Certainly wasn't because of cars or anything. Yeah, it was 39 years ago today, I think. Really? I think it was this week. Hey, who do we have? Yo, what's Ooh, grind. Did you get your old phone back? <laughs> Don't say that to me, man. Do I sound better now? Yeah, no, you're better now. <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> Don't say that to me. God, leave. Sounds like you went scuba diving and you found the old phone and you're like, hey, listen to this. <laughs> that old Nokia Yo, bricks back found. in here. <laughs> what's what's going happening? on? Oh, man. Dude. Between calming my family down about, is Bruce Pearl leaving? Why are we, Bruce Pearl going to leave and Harson going to stay? Everybody is just going crazy, man. Everybody is just, I'm, and see, you know what's crazy, bro? Because last week after Auburn beat Kentucky, I was talking to my pops. And, you know, he was all like, man, I just can't believe, like, you know, he got Auburn like this. And I was like, and I had said this just before, even before, you know, anything about Louisville came out. Because, you know, I'm not really in tools with college basketball news like that. And I was like, man, the only two places I'd be worried about him leaving Auburn for is Syracuse when Jim Beheim retired because I could see him sitting in there. And I said Louisville. Yeah. And I said, I said like he fit like when I like if you was to put Bruce Pearl in Louisville, it just looked right. He does really fit Louisville. I will say that. Yeah, Being he fa- does. Fairly familiar with it. Yeah, that's. And he I would fit like, Syracuse too. Right. That's a that's a good that's a good one. And. Me and my, cause like, and then like just talking through it, I want to see if you guys agree. Like, there were so many comparisons to the Louisville basketball program and the Auburn football program in terms of like what they have to deal with, accomplishments, what they're going through now. Because I mean, the only downside to the Louisville job is that I mean, like the past two coaches that's like gone through NCAA trouble, they've kind of like not stuck beside them, unlike we did with Bruce. So what's the feeling there? What's going to happen? Um, to be honest with you, man, like with news, like I'm just kind of listening to everybody that's saying he's going to stay. So I'm going to just say he's going to stay. 
I mean, it's the <laughs> ultimate. It, it's the ultimate leverage for him, right? Because he's wanted that building. He's wanted them to build a facility. I, the one thing about Pearl that I always think is interesting because I kind of know of him a little bit. I mean, he's a really he plays the role of company man really well. Like he does the football stuff, and yes. we're a football school. But hey, we're an everything school. But there's a part of him that wants to go. Hey, wait a minute. We're number one in the country. Football team just went six and seven. Let's 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 take care of let's take care of daddy here. And he knows how the he, he knows how it works, but I, I think this is the leverage for him to get everything he wants there. Supposedly like they're coming with him with like new facilities, a contract upgrade, everything. Well now if they want to keep him, they have to, right? Because I mean from a from a pure basketball standpoint, where's it easier to recruit nationally in basketball, Louisville or Auburn? It's Louisville. So you if you yeah, if you if you want to keep him, you've got to do it right now. You know, I mean they got the money to do yep. it. They just yeah. You're right. I'm now like speaking of Auburn, like when I watch Auburn, I see Jabari Smith who's from Georgia and I see West you know, Walker Kessler who's from Georgia. Why in the hell is the Georgia basketball program so bad? They've always so been many, like that. It's so weird. So many dudes come out of Georgia. Jabari Parker, like, dudes come out of Georgia. I want to say Marvin uh, – didn't Marvin Bagley come out of Georgia, the state of Georgia, too? Well, I mean, lots of guys do. The AAU circuit in Atlanta is like one of the one of the hottest AAU circuits in the country. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling that they can't and, – and the school you compete against – in state, Georgia Tech has all sorts of academic issues and stuff. That mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, you it it makes no sense that they can't be more competitive than they are. That but Georgia goes ages without competing, and it doesn't. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who the coach is. Like, who was the last coach that won big at Georgia? Was it Jim Herrick? Did he even win big, or did he just win before he got there? Didn't he win some there before he did the grades thing? Yeah, it feels like he made them at least competitive for a little while. And then they had Felton. Felton won the tournament that year with the the tornado and stuff, but he never really got it going. Yeah, they weren't good. Yeah. And then I, I mean, Crean's been a disaster. And in fairness to Crean, he's he has won at other places, but he he yeah, could he couldn't I, scratch gosh. there. They actually did have a little bit of a run. They made the tournament. Ninety six, ninety seven, oh one, oh two. Was that Herrick? I don't. I haven't gotten there know. yet. But was that was that Tubby? Ooh. I mean, their incident play double. Their incident play tournament appearances all time: eighty three, eighty five, eighty seven, ninety, ninety one, ninety six, ninety seven, oh one, oh two, oh eight, eleven, fifteen. They've made the Sweet Sixteen twice: eighty three and ninety six. Eighty three, they made the Final Four. Yeah, it was Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. So that's why that happened. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. Helped. it helps well, to have a, gener- yeah. a, a generational <laughs> talent. Yeah, Hugh Durham won yeah. there. Hugh Durham, when I was a kid, was winning. That was the eighties. It's it's. I mean, it's I bizarre, but they I don't did. get it done, and they're going to make a move. And I'm, I mean, I, I'll tell you, one of the names that's going to pop up at Georgia is is um, is Andy Kennedy. There's no doubt. It's. Absolutely mm. going to pop leave, up. I wouldn't leave. I would not leave UAB for Georgia. Hell no. It's just the money. It's Why? the Power Five money compared to UAB money. It's uh, in NIL money at a place like Georgia compared to the NIL money at UAB. Mm. You're gonna you're gonna have to piece your roster together. And Andy's done a really good job of it. But I don't know. It, 
It'd be that would I, I agree with you. It's a tough decision, but from a money standpoint, Man, it's an easy decision. I grew up in Birmingham, and like me and my dad used to go like you know watch UAB take on Memphis when you know Calipari was there. Like UAB is they've got some basketball tradition way more than Georgia. In my opinion, they, like I just think it's an easier job. Man. They, it is, but Andy's making what one at UAB? I mean, Georgia probably pay him two and a half right off the bat. I mean, that's maybe more than that. In four years, yeah. I mean, you know, some someone goes, "Hey, we'll give you two point seven five million for four years." <laughs> it would take him ten years at UAB to make that money. It's a no brainer. Eric made that's it twice. Oh one, oh two. Yeah. Now he went sixteen and fourteen and made it one of those years. That was back in the day where RPI got you in. Yes, before yeah. they went to the net. Yeah. Then he made the second round, going twenty-two and nine, year before, or year after. Who you liking the games before this weekend? I, to my NFL games. Yeah, sure. Who, of course, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna go with the under for that Forty uh, Niners Rams game. I'm going to go with that under 46 and a half. I think I'm going to go with that. And I think I'm going to go with the Rams, man. I think I'm going to go with the Rams. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs minus seven. Oh, that's a, that's a good one, man. I'm not sure. I think with that one, I probably I'm gonna go with Chiefs. I'm gonna go with Chiefs to, to cover that seven, just because I think you know Burrow's still a baby. So I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Chiefs. What y'all think? I can't decide. I, I think I, I think I like. I think I like the Rams minus the three and a half, and I think I like the Chiefs minus seven. Seven's just so many points. Yeah, it's so many points, man. So many. So many, man. You know I got to hit y'all with some trivia. trivia oh yeah, it's trivia go, time. Man. Okay, so you right. embarrass us. Here we go. We're on good All right, man. So look. Yeah, I mean, look, hey, y'all been y'all been on a little streak now. The, you know, the last one, y'all just, you know, I don't know why y'all want to forget about Auburn. It's just normal for y'all to do it. Like, That's fair. Yeah, right. go, ahead. Right. go ahead. All right, so the three teams are Miami, or the three programs, I'm going to say, three programs, Miami, Texas A&M, Northwestern. Oh, God. And this is from 2014 to 2021. And I look, if y'all get this, you know, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a really, you know, really, really show y'all some love. Okay. So this from tw- from 2014 to basically, you know, to, to now uh, college playoff era. Team A has the highest total winning percentage of all games at 65%. Team B which is a different team, obviously, has the highest conference winning percentage at 62% of out of all the teams. Okay. And Team C has the second highest non-conference winning percentage at 59%. Non-con. My guess is Auburn. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. So you mean out of these th- all these numbers are out of these three teams? Yes. Okay. Out of all these numbers are out of these three teams. Okay. Fourteen to twenty one. Um right. That's post Manzel. Yeah. 
So my initial guess, we're not. This isn't. This isn't we're, 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 we're not locked. We're, we're, we're not locked in yet. My initial guess is that, <laughs> is that Northwestern is Team A. The highest total wins. Yeah. Um. Okay, so when you say second highest non-con, you mean out of these three teams? So we're just picking the middle one. Out of. Yeah, yeah, out, out of, of those three teams, teams, not not out of. And those. they're all and different. And that is Team C. And that is Team C. And they're all different. different. And see, Texas A&M's is going to be higher than 59% non-con because who's Bill? Yeah, because yeah. SEC teams are going to win three out of four no matter what. Unless you're Vanderbilt. <laughs> but has A&M really won 62% of their conference games? <sighs> that's, that's what doesn't feel right. So maybe A&M has a 65% winning percentage. So maybe A&M is Team A. Because they're 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 starting every season basically four and zero, three and one. When you start, you know, you see what I'm saying. I, I hear you. And Northwestern plays enough tough non cons that fifty nine percent might. might would be Miami? Right. But Miami would be lower than that. Is Miami lower than fifty nine percent non con? They win in sixty two percent of their ACC games. I mean, the ACC sucks. I mean, you don't play Clemson but once. This one's hard. Um, <laughs> all right, what do you want to go with? Is it possible that Northwestern's won sixty two percent of their Big Ten games? Yes, absolutely possible. Okay. You want to go A and M, Northwestern, Miami? Yeah. Is that what you want to do? Yeah. All right, A and M, Northwestern, Miami. Okay. The team total winning percentage, Team A, winning sixty five percent of the conference games was Texas A and M. Okay. Team B, team the team that has won sixty two percent of their conference games is Miami. Okay. They have won 62% of their conference games in the ACC since 2014 in the college playoff era. Mm-hmm. And Northwestern has only won 59% of their non-conference games. See, I had it right. Northwestern. We talked me out of it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you did. You yep. did. I was, when Neil had said that, I was like, mm, mm, okay. Yep. Because that is a good point. Yeah. A&M went 8-1 and one in 2020 in league games. Yeah, and, and so that like that, yeah, yeah that, that throws some yeah, stuff in there. But they, most years, your your teams like A and M were going minimum three and one in the non league. Yeah, sure. The weird thing about that is, like, uh, Northwestern has the lowest winning total winning percentage out of A and M Miami, and uh, and Texas A and M at fifty five percent, but they have the most ten win seasons at two. Miami has the second most at one, and A and M has the least with zero. Oh wow! Oh yeah. And Northwestern plays, I guess, more difficult non-cons. They'll, I mean, and they're not great. So I mean, you can yeah, get they'll 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 mix in a Notre Dame or a or a Stanford or those kind of games. I mean, they they play some games they can lose because they're trying yeah. to make sure that they look academically virtuous. And Northwestern, not like conference record in the last four years, is like weird. They went eight and one, one and eight, six and two, one and eight. Yeah, they have been up and down. Like this year. Yeah. 
Well, like a couple of years ago, they were really good, and then this year they were they were horrible. I mean, they're they're kind of all over the place. But yeah, that's okay, life. Man, that's yeah, life man, in the Big Ten, man. Yeah, it is, man. Life in the Big Ten. Y'all have been getting the last one, so I wanted to like you know make it up, make that one a little more harder. So that I, was I'll a bring that it down was, a little for next. One. That was good. No, 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 all good. All right, man. You guys get, take it easy. I'm gonna keep enjoying the show. All right, later. Thanks, Gron. Appreciate you. All right, man. Our uh, Walker Bailey covered. He wasn't there, so he didn't technically cover it. But he he watched South Carolina Ole Miss. So I'll have that to you in a little bit. Kind of a measuring stick game, a little sobering measuring stick, but that's okay. You're playing the best team in the country, and so you get oh, yeah, you get reminded that you got work to do. You know, you're not not that they thought that they were there, but you get reminded yeah. that hey, we're not there yet. And just, you watch the film and play better because it's sure. one of those deals where I mean, 30, 30 free throws. Yeah. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is David from Georgia. What's up, David? Hey, David. Not much. Uh, hey, how? Before anybody loses their mind over this, I really don't care who starts your quarterback, whether it's Altmaier or Trick. I really don't care. But I mean, what chance would y'all put on Altmaier actually beating Trick, beating uh, Dart out for it? Uh, I'd be surprised at this point. I mean, I think Lane Kiffin goes out and gets Jackson Dart. It's not to be his backup. I mean, I'm just being, yeah, being honest. I mean, I, yeah. I, Luke would Luke would have to have one one whale of the next six months. Yeah. And another thing, you guys were talking about Georgia earlier and how their basketball team has just – it seems like they always suck. Well, I live over here in middle Georgia. And if their administration is anything like the fans around here, they do not give a rat's hind end about anything but football. No, that's always been the criticism, yeah, that, that that's all they care about. I mean, I mean if, if you think about it, their baseball program, over here we've got the Hope Scholarship and we've got the Zell Miller Scholarship, and Athens isn't but about an hour away from Atlanta, which has some of the best travel ball in the U.S. There's no reason they shouldn't be an Omaha team every year. No, it's we've we've talked about it before. Arkansas, I mean Arkansas, Georgia's been up and down in in baseball. Like they'll be good and then they'll be awful. We've done yeah. this when we, whenever we do the Bianco thing. It's always about how Mike's been steady. Mike doesn't have the eight and twenty two year that Georgia has. Yeah, and I just don't understand it because they. I mean, when you're that close to Atlanta, you should be able to basically pick and choose basketball and and baseball talent, and obviously Georgia can go anywhere in the country and get whoever they want in football. I mean, like you've said numerous times, they are really invested yeah, in football. Ma- and majorly. their fan base does not care. I mean, I was having a talk with a guy at work today, and he said, God, I wish I wish it was football season. Was the, I wish football season was soon. I want to watch football. And I was <laughs> like, well, you still got the NFL. Doesn't care about the NFL. Yeah. He, he cares about Georgia football. It's it's almost like I'm li- back living in Alabama again with those damn roll turners. <laughs> but it is what it is. I was just wanting to get your thoughts on the Altmaier dart thing and uh, let somebody else call in now. <laughs> All right. Thanks, David. The other thing with baseball from an interest standpoint is that there's so much um, – oh, hold on. Hoping we didn't just drop the whole thing. Oh, really? Now we're back. I say we're back. 
hit that, make sure we're back. Hang tight if we lost it. We just had a weird deal. Just someone let us know in a second. We're going to spin for a minute, and I think we're going to get back. You think it's okay? I think. Not a thousand percent positive. Yep, we're back. What I was saying was with the with Georgia baseball, one of the reasons that there's not a ton of fan buy-in is because everybody's such a rabid Braves fan. Yeah, you're in the pro market right there. You're dude. right there, yeah. And so those people are watching the Braves every night on Fox Sports South or whatever it is that is. Assuming that Jackson Dart stays with number two, there's everybody that's going to repurpose their Corral jerseys. Do so you just? Oh, that's true. Keep them for Dart. Was Matt's name on the back of them? It, when some, all of them, I'm sure. Some, I'm sure some people have have just the two. Or like, does crowd mean a lot? Where you go, hey, I, it feels a little slimy to just you have to you have to put them away. Yeah, I don't know. Be a pretty popular number, I would think. I mean, a ton already out in the. If you in the ecosystem. if you were one that just got a one with the, just a two just on a it, just a two on it, you're, what you thought was, oh man, my jersey doesn't have his name. Now you're like, hey, my jersey didn't have his name. <laughs> All good, <laughs> winner, winner. Yeah, so he said the Heisman two still works. Okay, yeah. Oh, Ginger says I have a two jersey with no name, but Dart has to earn me wearing it. I kind of get that stance. I get that. I get like, that. hey, like. Yeah. That's why you retire jerseys, too. Like, some, you're. And Matt. You think Dart will wear, too? I mean, all of his pictures His were number. In it. Yeah. His pictures. Now, when he went to Oklahoma. He wore something different? He wore one, didn't he? I don't remember. And, and Trig wore zero? Or maybe it was one and two. I don't know. Trig wants to wear one, I think. And he can Mingo was wearing one. Yeah. Yes, because we kept thinking, people kept saying he was on the field and it was Springer the whole year. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So that's not available. I guess he could buy him a Rolex. Good. Try to try, try, try to try to maneuver this thing a <laughs> little bit. That's what you would do in a Major League Baseball clubhouse. Is you yeah. come in and say, "Hey, how much do you want?" I don't know. Name a price. It's usually a bundle of cash and a Rolex. Yeah, we can do it. Yeah, it can get done. Probably a little harder to do with. Oh, he wore number two at Oklahoma too. So yeah, he he's gonna I think he's, he's gonna wear number two. Couldn't remember. Just remember seeing all the pictures. What do you wear at BYU? Did we see pictures come out of there? I don't know that we did. I know we did a photo shoot, but I don't I don't he, know. His brother went with him there. That was the reason for that trip, I think. Was it? Is his brother's name? His brother's got a unique name, I think. Does he? I don't yes. know. Uh, but I hate to say it out loud because I'm not sure I remember. And the brother's supposed to be a quarterback, too. He's got a younger brother. 
Diesel. Shea wore 20. And that was the first sign. And we said it at the time, and we did. We said it that day, and we were right. You argued with us, <laughs> and me and Jeffrey both said. You thought that was a sign that he had 20 on that was a problem. I thought it was an absolute sign. He was that there honoring was a his problem. grandpa. I don't care. It was a, you, uh, there were other ways to honor your grandpa. He was wearing two before that. And that was fine. Oh, well, yeah. Or zero. Or any other number lower than 20. Okay. Uh, whoever just called from the 601 starts with a 9 after that. Call back. I'll get you. If you left a voice message, I don't think we can hear it. And I was. Yeah, Jeffrey went crazy over him wearing a He was right. He said it was a sign of weakness. It was a sign of bad decision making. Bad decision. And turned out to be decision making was a problem for Shea. Credit where credit's due. Shea would have got a huge NIL back in the day and then like a year later. Oh, yeah. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's Leif. Hey, Leif. What's up, man? Oh, just uh, trying to figure out what I'm doing working tomorrow. Uh, I'm uh, I'm in Louisville, and I went to a restaurant tonight that had one of those uh, gross challenges. Oh. And um, it was something that I, that I asked the waiter because I said, hey, uh, have you ever seen anybody actually do this? He said, no. It's called the... Uh, the greatest. They said it's named after uh, Muhammad Ali, and you have to compete. You have to do it in 24 minutes because that's how long the rumble in the jungle was. What was the restaurant? Uh, it's a place called Four Pegs it's okay. in uh, Germantown. Okay. So what was the uh, challenge? So it's three half-pound uh, burger patties, okay. a quarter pound of pulled pork, a quarter pound of brisket, a quarter pound of pork belly burn-ins, mm. six slices of cheese, okay, so we're six up to... fried green tomatoes, oh. 12 fried pickles with bourbon bacon jam, onion rings, beer cheese, oh. chili, and oh. two orders of fries. You tried this? No. Oh, hell oh, no. Thank oh, God. thank oh, God. Oh, no, I... No, I, I wouldn't be talking to y'all right now. No, would, God, no. I, I would be dead. It's the sides. It's not even all oh. the protein. No, it's not it's all the It's the onion meat. rings and the fries and well, that when he, stuff. When he said the six slices of cheese, at that point, not that I was it's there not, before, but I was like, okay, I'm out. Because the actual protein, you said three half-pound patties, so we're a pound and a half, and then like... Which is a lot of It beef. is. And then like another You're pound of other stuff? Yeah. You're at two and a half pounds. Okay, two and a half pounds with a man. It is. I mean, that is yeah. angioplasty, just right there. It's the fries yeah. and the onion rings. That's the well, and the yeah, yeah. It's the. Fri- I think the chili. I think the chili. Oh, I forgot about the chili. The chili. And they the got that jam on it too. Okay, what order are you doing this in? If you had to do it, like, how would you go about it? Well, no, it's one. Well, I mean, I guess no, but I mean, like, how do you like t- attack it? Oh. You have to eat ah. the sides first, right? You're gonna get all that starch in you, and you gonna you gonna finish with it? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I would never attempt it. I think you've got to do sides first, and then 
Do well, you... the French fries, they they weren't like regular French fries. I don't know. They're kind of, I guess people call them pub chips or something now. They're kind of like sliced sliced potatoes that are just. I would I would take the pulled pork, put it between two of the patties, and eat a hamburger with the pork and the patties. Because you get that down quicker. Because you only had 24 minutes, right? Yeah. That's the problem. 20, 24 minutes, and it costs $55. Yeah, but it's free if you eat it all. Yeah. And you don't, oh, and you don't have to pay the bill if you die. So, I mean, right? I mean, if you if you die in the process of it, someone's, they're going to have to collect do you, elsewhere. Do you get a sweet T-shirt, too? If you... uh, evidently a Muhammad Ali T-shirt. But okay. uh, it would be it would be one of those things that it would be a perfect, like, fantasy football league uh, punishment just to make somebody try it. But, I, oh. yeah, my, my daughter recently... Uh, she she ate uh, she had a happy meal and ate some chicken nuggets. She said, "Daddy, whenever I whenever I grow up, I want to eat a hundred chicken nuggets." I'm like, "That's not something you should ever uh, try to do, baby girl." <laughs> so, no, <laughs> sounds anyway. sounds. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard of worse ones, but that's a that's, that's a rough. that's a bad one. That's bad. That's a lot of meat. <laughs> I do think you're right. The chili is a is a problem. The chi- the chili that. And all like that, that cheese, like, man. You got to put it on the, the stuff. You can't. Like that would be the thing, like on Stand by Me, that would just all of a sudden create the chain reaction. So, anyway. All right. Well, y'all have a good night. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Larry. Right. Yeah, I've never tried the mugshot challenge, and I have no interest in that. What is it? Huge burger with the fries. It's it's huge. Yeah, it's just... The cheese would get congealed if you didn't eat it first. I I know. It just doesn't interest me at all. The whole... Food challenge thing? The only food challenge, like, if you feel like wings, maybe. It'd have to be something specific. Like that. It'd be one thing. It couldn't be not the big plates. It of couldn't things. be like the platters of things. Because like, you're right. If, if you told me it was wings, and you're like, oh, and you have to eat these fries, I'm like, I'm out. Because it's not going to work. Even just the fries on the wings. Yeah, in a in a where you're having to eat like two big sides of you're, yeah. Well, it's like you know the the big Texan or whatever. It's the 72 ounce steak, but you've got to eat the baked potato and the salad and the bread. And so it's, it's the potato and the bread that kills your chances. Yeah, it's the sneaky thing over here to the side that everybody goes, ah, whatever, and then... That's what gets you. What is it? Where is it? Is it Marshall Steakhouse has the big eating challenge around here? Is that the closest one? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, no, I, I, I would run... I, the oysters quickly would get... I, I like oysters, but... Not to that level. Kinsley, thanks for the super chat. He says, what happens to Caleb Williams in Wisconsin? I guess it just doesn't happen. It sounds like Caleb Williams in USC is a, a done deal. Otherwise, I don't think Jackson Dart is we're having this conversation. I think he waited to leave to make sure that that job was going to be taken by Caleb Williams. Yeah, so here, Marshall Challenge, 72-ounce sirloin, six breaded shrimp, very large baked potato, Generous salad and table bread. $99 if you don't finish. 
How big is the steak? 72-ounce <laughs> sirloin. That's a lot. Meaning no bone, like just 72. Yeah, that's a lot of steak. I mean, by itself, I think I could do that. Yeah. That's about as far as I can. Even the six-breaded shrimp, though, are making you go, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's a bit much. And you get a t-shirt. T-shirt. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Couldn't you just go in and buy a t-shirt for 20 bucks? Or you could just order the Chateau Briand for 99 bucks and enjoy a meal. <laughs> you could. I have that, too, on here. Yeah, and enjoy a nice meal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have no issue with the Chateau Briand. And not just feel terrible the next, yeah, the next day. Ginger says she can't even eat a six ounce fillet. The what's the most? What's the biggest steak you could eat comfortably? Uncomfortably. Where, like you, if I ordered at a restaurant and I wasn't like, where you weren't going to feel sick afterwards. I mean, comfortably, twenty four tops. Yeah, and that's a lot of steak. I mean. Like one of the porterhouses or something by yourself? Yeah. Anything more than that? Like, I could get more down, but... But not comfortable. Yeah, it has to be a process at that point. And, I mean, I'm never going to order a 24-ounce steak. No. It's the biggest steak you would ever order, 16-ounce? I guess if you're ordering a ribeye and they have a 16-ounce ribeye, yeah, yeah, you would do that. Yeah, probably. And Corey said he ate a 48-ounce one time. Mm-hmm. The sports rider challenge all the St. Elmo shrimp. (laughs) One of those tables that was at the national championship game. YouTube censored Corey's next comment, but yeah, that's, I'd be in the same boat. That would just be, that'd be crazy. All right, let's see. I need to put the number back up. That's my mistake. Six six two two five nine zero nine nine one. So when are we expecting? I guess at this point, tomorrow. Twitter announcements tomorrow. I mean, if like I said, if they're not enrolled right now, I mean, I have that it's eight fifty nine. I don't know. If they're not enrolled right now, they're going to be enrolled by like nine thirty in the morning. I mean, it's just yeah. the way this works. Like I said, they as I the front of the show will close again with the, with this part of it is that yes, they will. Just get professor permissions periodically that might already be done. I know they had started the process, and then you have a schedule, and boom, it's done, and it's there. Hey, who do we have? Hi, Neil. It's Tammy. Hey, Tammy. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm great. Good, good. Did you have a happy new year? Uh, when was that? Yeah, yeah, New Year's was fine. How was yours? I know. It was fabulous. I mean, it's been a little while, but um, anyway, okay, Neil, I got a little bone to pick with you. Okay. It's about Coach Breeze. Okay. I know sometimes you don't really care for him, but I want to tell you. Okay. Coach Breeze. (laughs) 
save me and Gerald's marriage. <laughs> Please fill me in. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> we went. We, we, it all started. <laughs> I bet it did. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Bill came in, uh-huh. and I saw some really unusual um, uh, charges, and I was like, "What is this?" This was a Gerald. And so, yes. Yeah. And I didn't. And he had no explanation. Okay. Well, I started doing some investigating a few years ago when I saw where Coach Freeze did some discussions and talks about. Um, couples that needed uh, a refresh. Right. It, it was a retreat or a cruise, right? Which one? <laughs> it was a retreat. Oh, it was a retreat. That's right, yes. So, and it was in Seaside. We went down there. Oh, that's right. And <laughs> we needed... Because we offered Jeffrey a copious amount of money to go. <laughs> there was no... <laughs> we never even got close. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Tammy. No, it's okay. So anyway, we go down there, and we're just trying to, you know, find some inner peace. <laughs> and we see that that Coach Freeze is talking, and so we start listening. And I'm gonna tell you, he just spoke to us. And I don't know if it was the palm tree swaying, or just the coconut juice. Yeah. Whatever it was, uh-huh. he saved our marriage. Me and Cheryl. What, what, did he, what did he say that was so profound that, that saved your marriage? Well, he told us to look in each other's spirits. Okay. Like an animal spirit. <laughs> right. And howl at the moon, if you will. Uh-huh. But to just become one. And we did. So you told and maybe it was a full moon at the beach that night. I don't know. Right. But when you said you became one, just you and Gerald becoming one, is that oh, correct? Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just me and Gerald. Well, that's right. a that's a wonderful story. Have you had any communication with Hugh since yeah, then? Have you, have you have you told him that, that he saved your marriage and that you're thankful? No, no. Mm-mm. You should tell no. him on Twitter. That would... Well, maybe I should. That would be a nice thing to do. Maybe I should. You should. You know, I was listening to what y'all were talking about with the with the food eating contest. Right. Uh-huh. And that jogged my memory. I remember Gerald was at the Sears, and they had an all-you-can-eat hamburger steak night. And I'm going to tell you. He took down about 64 ounces of 80%, 20% ground chuck. (laughs) Gravy and onions? (laughs) Gravy, onions, smothered, covered, you name it. With with two biscuits on the side. Oh, we need those for the gravy. Did y'all sleep in separate rooms that night? Well... As a matter of fact, Neil, we did. I, I don't think I could have handled being in the room with him yeah. after eating 64 ounces of ground chuck. Yeah, you'd, you'd need at least at least one N95 for that just to get through it. You've got that wrong. I know. Okay, I've got another topic. 
how's our little Maddie doing? I haven't. We haven't spoken to Matt in a while. Okay, so yeah, where do I'm, we think he might go? Uh, I, I think the the options right now are, are uh, Washington, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. Those are the most likely. Ones. A lot, of, a lot of Pittsburgh talk. Oh, I think Pittsburgh's going to be too cold for him. I think he needs to go to Nola. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe. Hey, Tammy, thanks well, for the call. Enjoy your weekend. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you later, Sugars. All, All right. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Save the marriage. That's good. It's always it was nice. People helping people. Yeah, that's it's what those retreats are for. In Seaside all day long. I had the brochure at one point. I don't know where it is now. <laughs> was that was that after the trouble? It was when yeah, it was. It was after he was it was after he was the coach here. Oh yeah, yeah. It was yeah, in yeah. twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who are the Saints hiring? I don't think they're hiring Dis Allen. Like I, I I still feel pretty good about that. Leftwich get a job? Hmm. I haven't heard his name attached to much. He got mentioned somebody is gonna interview him, yeah. It wasn't I can't remember. It could be the slogan of our show. I mean the little potato log podcast is just people helping people. What we try to do. We're here to help. All right. Uh, appreciate everybody for calling in. I don't know that we can top the that call. So Appreciate everybody calling in. We'll have uh, coverage throughout the weekend, obviously, of Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, whoever else may or may not come up. As of today, I had not heard about anyone else that was due in for a visit. I I would think that this will shut it down until the spring. I think so. April, May. You think there might be one more? I've got one little thing. Okay. I don't know who, but just the possibility of somebody. Okay. We'll see. So I don't think there. I don't think there's any high school guys coming in. There's no junior day. There is Ole Miss basketball on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday on Saturday against Kansas State. Women's basketball Sunday against Georgia. Is that right? Yes, women's basketball is Georgia. Okay, women, yes. women against Georgia on Sunday. We'll have coverage of all of that for you here at rebelgrove.com. We'll have this up in podcast form in the Oxford Exxon podcast. Again, thanks to everybody who called. Thanks to Jeffrey Wright for joining us earlier on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. So until uh, Monday morning, we'll be with you on the Oxford Exxon podcast. Until then, have a great weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the NFL games. And we will talk to you Monday. <laughs>